Jennifer Fayak is getting ready to bring the word. You are not going to regret being here. She's got such a powerful anointing. She's got such a revelation of prayer, and the prayer time after is going to be so phenomenal. I just have enjoyed all my years of knowing her and praying with her, and I just want you to give her a warm, warm welcome. Thank you. It's been so fun being here. I really love your pastors, known them for so long. And you kind of watch people's lives and think, well, they're pastors. When's that going to happen? <laughs> just from the very beginning of knowing them. And um, it's just so good and right. And you're so blessed. And thank you for making us feel so welcome and so loved in this church. We just loved being here. Um, this is a little bit my neck of the woods. I grew up just one state over where we got a different football allegiance than, than here, but we're all in the body of Christ, so we're all together, and there's unity there, but so it's really fun for us to come back in just kind of a familiar place. Um, and just a little bit about me is that I am so excited to hear about missions, because I just, right after Bible school, um, when we were together, went on the mission field for some years, and um, loved it, loved that adventure of missions. And after coming back to the States, had moved to Wisconsin, been working there for a ministry called Teen Challenge, which I think you might be familiar. They probably come here. We've got 1,200 centers worldwide, and there's two in our state. And so I run the women's center there. And um, it is an adventure. Sometimes I feel like if I said what I do in a day, it's like, did I make that up? It's just very different, which I love, which is great for me. Um, so we're here at the Send the Rain conference, and I was thinking about a few years ago, we had an awesome ladies' Bible study, just a really tight group that had been together for years. We'd done different studies, but it was always kind of the same, same group of ladies, so you develop that trust when you come together, and you might have something like that here. Um, but there was a season about two years ago, and no matter what prayer requests came up, I kept praying, Lord, send the rain. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. I could not get off of this phrase. It just kept coming up again and again. And I almost could tell people were like, why, why get off of that? <laughs> and I just couldn't. I couldn't get away from it. And I want to turn to Acts chapter 14, and uh, we'll talk about this phrase in Acts chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, he says, In the past, he permitted all nations to go their own ways, but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. I don't know how he does that, but that comes from God. The joyful heart comes from him. <laughs> and rain and good crops. So he's always had a people that he showed evidence through. Always. He made sure of this. And so that, um, that verse comes from Matthew 5, 45. For he gives sunlight to both evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. And, um, you know, whenever the rain falls, you know that. It's not just a select few, not just a certain group of people that know that's going on. And then when we're in an outpouring, everybody knows it. Remember in the book of Acts, the guys that were making idols, they started observing something. That's what happened. The rain was falling, and they're seeing, wait a second, the idol business is in danger. People are going to think these things that they once really believed had power are going to realize this isn't real power. We're making them. <laughs> and they're doing something over here, Paul and Barnabas, that we don't even understand. And so this actually, this verse was in a response to that. Um, Paul and Barnabas had healed the crippled man, and then people are trying to worship them, and they said, no, we want to point you to the Lord. We're just, we're evidence. And so we talked about rain's preparation, that uh, hearts can be hard, that people can be uh, not open to the love of God. And it seems, well, this would be obvious. You know, God's so good, and he's so wonderful. Wouldn't everybody want to love and serve him? But we know that's not true. We know, we have people close to us probably that we look at and think, don't you want to experience this? I know him. I love him. But we know that the enemy deceives and 
then he tries to blind the understanding and that hearts can become hard. So rain softens that up. And that is no no amount of human effort can do that. (laughs) Only God can do that. So he sends the rain, gives good crops, that's harvest, gives us food and joyful hearts. And the whole chapter of James talks about rain and it's always in connection with the harvest, always about people because that's what kind of the end game for the Lord is. That's why we're here and that's our mission. That's what we're passionate about. So, and then we talked a little bit about Zechariah 10.1, to ask, right? He said, he spells it out for us, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain, the Lord will make flashing clouds. He'll give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. And then the answer, Hosea 6, 3, he'll come. He said he comes to us like the rain, the former and the latter rain. What's so great is that hose that we are, we experience that rain and we get blessed. We get refreshed every time. It's not for us. A lot of it is is through us. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about sort of the business side of prayer, doing business, getting God's plan accomplished on the earth and it does come forth out of that fellowship and that relationship part, but this is kind of getting the job done. This is getting to work in prayer. So let's pray, and, and we'll get into it. Father God, we are so thankful to be here. Thank you for gathering us together for this group that has come, for every single person, Lord. And we just come humbly before you, and we thank you that you hear us when we pray. We thank you that you've established this means and this highly regulated system of prayer. You spelled it out for us to give us confidence to walk it out, and you've showed over and over again that you're faithful. So I just ask you'd stir us up this morning, give us eyes to see what you want to show us in this area. Uh, Help, Lord, the word come out with clarity. Lord, and we just thank you for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah 33.3. We have to go there. I have all these different translations, and we were talking about this, that we, we started out in King James, <laughs> memorizing King James, and then all these other fun translations came out. So now I've got, I have my search in. Now, which one was it that I liked? So this is Amplified Alert here. Jeremiah 33.3. He says, Call unto me, and I will answer you, show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know. Do not distinguish and recognize or have knowledge of and understand. So what's the number one hidden thing in our lives? <laughs> the thing we don't know. It's all that stuff that hasn't happened yet. It's our future. <laughs> the, where do we carry cares most of the time? What's going to happen when? I have this coming up. I don't know how that's going to turn out. Oh my goodness, teenage years are coming up. My kids are little now. What's that going to be like? Uh, a million and one things. <laughs> That's the wrong response, by the way. <laughs> They're blessed years. They're good years to the teenagers. <laughs> they are. So he wants us to know it. That's why he said, call and I'll answer. I'll show you great and mighty things, not batten down the hatches and be afraid. And here's the good news too. Even if there is something not great ahead of time, but we still don't have to be afraid. We still don't have to be afraid even then. I, I was just sharing a story of all these you know, different times where it's really paid off and um, praying ahead of time. And when we moved to Wisconsin, we were praying because we were coming from Florida and kind of checking it out. We're going to work for a church there. And I wasn't sure. And so it's just the unknown, different geography, different everything. Um, and so you're praying and you're seeking the Lord. And what I really hadn't thought about it. I hadn't really said anything out loud, but I'm really starting to get this impression the more I praise, it's the right thing to do. And, and finally, someone asked, you know, what do you think? You've been checking this out. Got to make a decision. It's kind of some choices ahead. And what came up was, I think it's going to be bad. There's a couple hardships ahead, but this is right. <laughs> not, not the word that maybe we're, we're wanting all the time, but... It was the strangest thing because it did sound like bad news, but I I got such an expectation. Well, God said to come, then there must be something good. It must be a step further in his plan. And we know from our many examples we looked at, it is not (laughs) comfortable and perfect and easy. We're not made for that. That's so boring. There is all the wonderful victories and testimonies came out of something that was tragic 
And so he created us for greatness. I mean, we're hooked up with him. So of course it's going to be greater. And so um, that really steadied me. And we did. We had a couple things that were little bumps in the road. Some, some tragedy came, but I remembered, hey, we're in the right place. And then, you know, and then the next step will be clear. And that's just kind of how we walk out the whole deal. So the future is not a scary thing. And if you think about it, kind of the essence of prayer is it's always off in the future, right? We see a current set of circumstances, and we look at that maybe through our knowledge of the Word, our relationship with God, or what the Holy Spirit's put in our heart, and we see this isn't how it should be, so I will pray. And we have all these examples. Pray for the sick. Why? <laughs> we, nobody likes being sick, but we know from the Word, we're commanded really not to be sick. You can't really get the job done for the Lord if you're in bed. I had the flu for the first time in decades, and I was just out. <laughs> I, I can't get anything done for anybody. The kids are like, what's going on? We've never seen her still for this long. We need to be healthy. He's called us to do a lot. So we pray for the sick. James tells us to do that. That affects the future. Uh, Ephesians 6. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. You can just jot them down. We don't have to turn there. We pray for boldness. They saw the church was having some persecution come. They thought, man, this might make us start to dial it back. We don't want to do that. We need to pray. We don't want, we want the situation to come out how Jesus wanted us to be bold. Pray for laborers. And Jesus himself with his own eyes looked and he saw something. He saw this isn't good. We have a need. We have these sheep that are scattered without a shepherd. We need laborers. We need people. We need to multiply our efforts. Let's pray Pray for wisdom, James chapter 1. I, I pray this prayer multiple times a day. I wear this prayer out. He said, ask and give liberally. So you come up against a situation you don't want to do. Maybe it's going to be off in the future, but we're going to pray for wisdom. First John five sixteen. If you see a brother sin, tell someone else about it. <laughs> Alert all the people to know, pray, pray for them, pray and make some power available. A lot of times we don't like it because their sin affects us and we don't like that. (laughs) But if we pray for them, it'll bless us and them. That is a set of circumstances that should not be how it is. So it drives us to pray, pray for your enemies, Matthew 5, 44, maybe they won't remain your enemies. So these are all things that we know and understand with our understanding. We see it with our eyes, with the senses that we have. We really don't even need the Holy Spirit to reveal a lot of this stuff. We just have assessed the situation and said, I'll pray. And thank God, he makes available a path for us to go on. We have scripture to stand on. We can have confidence in in his word for that and so many other areas to pray. But if this works for things that are maybe days ahead or weeks ahead or months ahead, why not years Why not decades? Why not future generations in our own family? There is not a limit. And you know, Jesus was always saying, I only say what the Father says. I only do what I see the Father do. Where did he see that? (laughs) Where did he hear that? That was all those times that he would steal away and pray. So he was seeing what he was going to do. And I think that is a real key to his boldness because he already saw that in prayer. He took the time to pray. So we can pray mighty hidden things, mysteries. So let's look at it again. Um, And Jeremiah, call unto me and I'll answer you, show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden. Hidden things. They're mysteries to us because they're hidden. We don't know, we don't understand, we don't touch it with our understanding. God is not hiding those things from us. That would be, he wants us to walk out his will. He's hiding them for us. If we could see everything, the whole plan of God in its entirety, we would run. I I would. If I just saw right now, and I'm doing just a few years ago even, I would have maybe told God a different way to do it. I would have tried to plan something and just lean on that. And so there's a million reasons why. But the entire plan of God is, is so big. Uh, and I want to just touch on that in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5. I love this scripture. I love Proverbs. It says, counsel in the heart of man is like a water in a deep well, but a man of understanding draws it out. 
Okay, so when we got born again, you know, kind of the, the mechanics of what happened were we were dead spiritually. <laughs> and so we know that God came in and made his home in our heart. We didn't just, you know, we weren't just sweet and Jesus made us sweeter. We were dead in our sin. There's everybody. It's an equal starting point. And so he raised us to new life. He came in and he made a home in our heart. So when God moves to live on the inside of you, he comes with all the vision, all the plan. The whole entire plan of God for our lives is in us. It's in us, but it's in our spirit. It's not in our brain. It's not an understanding, but it's in us. It's on the inside. And so we really need to have confidence in that. Sometimes we can really get kind of stressed out about, I'm at a crossroads and which way do I go and what do I do? But the will of God is easy. The will of God is just submit yourselves unto God, live unto him every day. Commit all of your ways to him and then we're transformed. Romans 12, 1 and 2, the will of God is easy. And so counsel in the heart of man is like a deep well. And that's where the plan of God is. It's actually already on the inside of us. And the, the way that we draw it out is by praying in the Spirit. And before we get into that verse, and you can turn there to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I think it's good sometimes to recognize that we're, we're carrying that. That's a really big thing that we're walking around with, the whole plan of God on the inside of us. And remember, we're in the body, so we're not just kind of on a little solo mission here. What I do affects you. Your obedience affects me. Someone else's disobedience affects 10 people, but then he raises somebody else up to make up the difference, and he, he's got it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he does that, but he's got it all covered. He's factored in where maybe I'm going to reason for a few days before I obey, or he knows if maybe someone, as soon as they hear any direction from the Lord, they're just, they're kind of jumpy, and they're just ready to go, and he knows that. So he prepares situations situations, gets things ready. So we are all connected. And that plan that we're carrying around is big. And so how many of you have ever experienced frustration? <laughs> frustration comes to all. And well, so I, a lot of times, if I'm having not just a, hey, this is annoying, or I don't like this, but like a real kind of a season of frustration, <laughs> that should press us into prayer. Because a lot of times what I have found is whenever there's that frustration is he's saying, hey, what is happening right here is, is great, but there's something more. You ever heard people kind of lament, Lord, there's got to be more. There is. <laughs> there is the whole plan of God on the inside of us. And so when we're maybe um, doing sort of partial obedience in an area or not really fellowshipping with him and getting his heart and getting his eyes on things— Sometimes frustration can come in, and we got to recognize that and let it drive us to our knees, not away from him, not, well, I think I just need to look for a different job. I'm just frustrated. Well, you know, what is, is that what he's saying, or are we just going off of, I feel frustrated? So we want to recognize what that is and, and let, let it um, send us in the right direction, and sometimes it can be a great thing. And you look at that, there are quite a few instances in the Word where people did that, they were frustrated. You know, Hannah wanted a child, and so her response was pray. And a lot of that answered prayer came out of great need or a time of, I don't like my current circumstances. So we don't have to just stay stuck and lament what's going on. We want to press into him and get it. So 1 Corinthians, I have to get there too, you're already there. Chapter 14, such a huge blessing, praying praying in other tongues. Paul was given some instruction to a really, really enthusiastic church. Just kind of figuring out how services work and who says what and when to do it. And he's kind of sorting out the best use of tongues. But we just want to look at verse 2. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. I'll be mysterious. And in the New King James, I'm, I was just reading out of the New Living, but it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. And then the Amplified gives us kind of a, a familiar phrase, same verse. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God, 
for no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths and hidden things. So that sounds a lot like Jeremiah 33, that we've got these wonderful plans that are hidden and they're secret to us, but there's a way for us to utter them, which everything, God's always working through speaking and through language and through what we declare. He utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. So you could look at it like this. Praying in the Spirit takes mysteries and it changes them into revelation. It gets it from that whole counsel of God to just what we need at the time. Not all of it, not 10 steps ahead, but the step we take right now. Because we walk by faith. We walk. We take a step by faith and we take another step by faith. And it's not an event. It's not like, oh, this was a special occasion. I used my faith for this. That is a daily, every thought, every decision, everything we do by faith. Mysteries to Revelation. And then let's go to Romans 8, 26. This makes it so clear why this was the last thing Jesus talked about. <laughs> you know how whenever you're leaving, you're just thinking about maybe some instructions you want to leave with the family before you walk out the door. You think, okay, I want to remind you one last time, this is important. So this is the last thing he talked about. He gave them this great commission to go. This is what I want you to do. I want you to reach people, but first wait. <laughs> he doesn't really tell us to wait around. But he said, wait, wait for the Holy Spirit. So this is an important equipping. This is crucial to us walking out the will and plan of God. Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father knows, the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. In harmony with God's own will. And we're praying from our understanding. That means that we're praying from our, our understanding, which is limited, we know in part. And we have opinions on things. We have thoughts about things. And so it keeps a purity whenever we pray in the Spirit. I know there are certain areas we prayed for our leaders. Probably everybody here has an opinion, right? I have an opinion on my leaders. <laughs> Nobody asked for my opinion, but I have an opinion on my leaders. But is my opinion really going to make a big difference? It's not. I know I, you would think we all know that, but we're really sharing our opinions <laughs> about our leaders. But we're, when we pray... We're praying the perfect will of God. I, we both, um, last night when Pastor Tony said, okay, let's just fix our eyes on one. And um, she prayed for Nancy Pelosi. And I said, did I say that out loud? I prayed for Nancy Pelosi. And I haven't thought of her. I don't know if she's been in the news. I don't know it. But that was the will of God. He, she was on God's heart. He wanted to do something through her. I believe he's doing wonderful things through her now. I'm excited. I'm expectant. So we pray the perfect will of God in harmony with God's own will. And this, too, helps us. Sometimes we can feel um, we have to really seek out fellowship, right, as a believer. Isolation is not good. And so there's something about whenever we pray, we're praying in harmony with God's will. And then in a little bit here, we're going to pray together corporately, which is a wonderful, strengthening exercise in our faith. But it's in harmony with God's will. So what that means is you've got all different believers, because like I said, we're, the plan of God is connected, so everything that we do kind of affects, our obedience affects others. And when we step into being in the Spirit, instead of just praying from our understanding, we're hooking up with this harmony, this chorus, this symphony that is already going on. So that's why the believer never has to be lonely. If you feel lonely, pray. <laughs> just pray, get in the spirit, because there's kind of something already going on. We join in to something that he's already got, and, and it's his strength. So this might be why Paul, he bragged about praying in tongues more than all, you all, all of you all combined. Pray in the spirit a lot. Pray in the spirit a lot, especially in these days, especially when we don't know what to do. He will give us utterance. He wants his will prayed out. So what does this look like in practice? I, we pray about our future, but there's a difference in praying out our future. So that 
unknown tongue is unlimited. We're not limited just to understanding. We pray mysteries. These are things that weren't revealed at the moment, but they're, they're things that God wants us to know. And one of the best ways um, that I've put this into practice is journaling. And the reason I journal for a lot of reasons, um, I love to write. I just, I like to. And so a lot of times kind of a, a pattern for me is after a time in the presence of God or prayer, I'll just sit and be quiet, get my pen and just write, write, write. <laughs> and sometimes I'm writing and I'm thinking, man, that's really good. And it's not like I thought about what I prayed and wrote it down. And I thought that's probably what happened with the Bible. Those men had unction. And they just wrote, and they were probably reading it, thinking that is really good. And so he works like that still through us today, and maybe yours is that you sing, or it could be any number of things, but I like to journal. And the thing that's great about journaling is because we kind of get parts of this, and he, he fleshes it out and adds clarity and adds on to it, I can look back, and maybe I'll pray pray for a long time in the Spirit and just get a word, just get a phrase. We were talking about praying about those, or praying under the maps of the USSR. And I worked for a ministry for a couple of years in Tulsa that had, did missions to Europe, and they had maps on the wall. And I would always go over in this one little spot and pray under the, there was a map and a flag of Italy for years. And I was drawn to it. I didn't really even make a conscious decision. I was just there. And then I started to notice there's patterns um, about areas in Italy that I wouldn't have known about, about people, names. And so little by little, I just wrote it down. And there were just things that were being revealed. And I didn't know how it all fit together. But I, I wrote it down because I thought there's, there's value. God's saying that. I want to give value to this and go back and read it and pray again. And then we were getting ready to go to a service, a New Year's Eve service, and I just stopped before getting in the car to drive to that service. And I just, out of my spirit, I just said, Lord, we've been praying for a long time. I believe this is the year. This is the year to go, to actually go. So excited that you're going. (laughs) When you've prayed and prayed and you actually go, it is so wonderful. And then when you've prayed and prayed, God's already gone ahead of you. And that is really wonderful. And, and then I remember it was a supernatural. It was six weeks from the time that made the decision to go and was actually standing on Italian soil, raised all the support, got all the baggage, found a place to live. And that happened through prayer. And I, I like to plan. <laughs> I do, and I think that's good. I think it's good to have a plan. God's a planner. But he can get a whole lot more done. He is it's just on a higher level, on a higher plane. So journaling is great. And we can kind of get stuck on a word or a phrase. And what I like is this. We have desires, right? We have certain things we know about ourselves. And a lot of times, maybe a thought will come or an impression that I think God's leading me to do this. And right away we say, no, I don't like that. I'm, that can't be God. Oh, I have done that. <laughs> I've done that recently. I'm sure that's not. And so we dismiss it. We know not to openly say, I'm dismissing God. So we say things like, well, I think he's dealing with me. I'm not sure. You know, I'm going to pray. I don't, that probably can't be God. But when we get stuck on something in prayer like this, especially when we're touching our future, what that is, is God is shifting our desires. And it is the most beautiful thing to say, hey, that's not my thing. And then little by little in fellowship with him, have it become the most overwhelming desire. That thing is my thing. I have to do it. I have to figure out a way. I remember hearing a testimony of a guy who said, you know, Lord, he'd gotten saved. He's just on fire. He said, I'll do anything. But just as a side note, I don't want a youth pastor. Just want to let you know. Um, no problem. And I'm sure you're not going to ask me to. I don't want to do that. And so he's praying and he was traveling with the minister. And so they would take time when they were driving on the road and just study and, and read and pray. And he said, I don't know what happened, but we had a a long trip from the northern part of Oklahoma to the southern part of Texas. And by the time we got there, I was crying out to the Lord, make me a youth pastor. Send me. Help me. Open a door. And they got to a meeting, and there was a guy who came up and said, I'm looking for a youth pastor. And so he can do that. He knows how long he's going to have to work on you to shift that, turn that ship in the direction (laughs) that it needs to go. And I'm thankful. And that, that kind of praying, you know, that's not the same as the prayer of faith. I, you know, in Jesus' name, amen. You don't pray it again. It's quick. This is something over time. This is in our personal time with the Lord that we really, really soak in his presence and we let him start to shift things and change things. 
And I'm, I'm thankful that he does that, that we're not limited to just what we think. And another important thing is if we look at perspective, and I love that scripture that we don't see things merely as man sees them, but how God sees them. He knows our future better than we know our present and our past. He knows that because of his perspective is the why behind that. And I remember I was going through a a change in seasons and where I was working and we had our church close. Our pastors actually moved on to the mission field and, um, and that can be kind of a sad thing. That's a family. And God so faithfully brought in a, a new church plant, kind of funneled us that direction. But everybody was tight, and we loved each other, and so it could be sorrowful. And, and I worked at that church. And so we're, we're packing up, literally packing up. And I was just thinking about some things. And in hindsight, I just looked at different events and approaches and systems, and I thought, Lord, maybe if I would have done this. And Maybe if I would have done this differently, we could have had success here. And he said, you know what? You need to be careful how you file this away. And I knew right away what he meant in my memory. Have you ever been recounting a memory with someone and you're both there and one of you tells a story and the other tells it and it's totally different? (laughs) So that's our perspective. And he said, you know, this is just right. And you could have changed any kind of system you wanted. This is just me moving people here, and I do that. He does that, right? He does it with leaders. He does it with us. He moves people around, and that's okay. And so he said, be careful how you file it. So he wanted my past to be right, for me to look at it how he looked at it, the right way. And sometimes we can tend to anything that ends, just think, oh, that was bad, and only look at the negative. And a lot of those things that we didn't really like or maybe enjoy— those were preparations. Some of the best preparation can be through pressure and unpleasant experiences. So look how you file things away. And that really opened my eyes to, man, he knows our future better than we know our present and our past because he knows it all. He knows people's heart motives around us. He has an accurate understanding. He's truth. We filter things through emotions and reason and preconceived ideas and all kinds of things so we can trust him that he knows better. He knows all about all. And I thought about a few benefits of this, um, and it's just really as simple as this when we do go to pray, and we're going to do this in just a little bit. When we pray our future out, we are coming from that place of God loves us, God has a plan, it's a good plan. Um, We're coming from a place of surrender, not my will, but your will be done. And we're coming from a place of being ready to pray until we sense we're done. We're not really ever done, (laughs) but we can kind of stop and pick it back up, and he'll lead us in that experience. And it's really important to get there. I can think of a couple really crucial times where there was tragedy coming, um, and the Lord warned me about it and had me pray, and I'm so thankful I stuck with it until I had that sense of release, whether it's a, a song or just a, maybe a satisfaction in your spirit. Okay, I've, I've spent time. I've hooked up with what the Holy Spirit once done in this situation, and I believe God's moving. I believe I got his perspective on it. I've got his power released on the situation, and change is going to come. So that's so important. Um, a couple byproducts of whenever we do pray is faith becomes easier. Sometimes we know what we should do, and we know we should be in faith, but we're still feeling some fear, and we're almost trying to work up faith in an area. But whenever we start to pray, his will becomes revealed to us, and sometimes it's maybe not yet revealed to our understanding. We just might put in a good 20 minutes of praying in other tongues or praying in the Spirit, but some faith will rise up on the inside that you're headed in the right direction. And there's a confidence in knowing that he's already ahead and preparing the way. Like I've got just, and he does this, he'll just give little bits of direction. Go here, go around this time. And so like I've got that right now, I'm holding that close. And I have a list of unknowns, way greater than what I do know. But because I know the major, go here, go around this time, 
That's what he said. Then I have confidence that he's already there. He told me to do that. So he's gone ahead. He's prepared things for me. And then we can start speaking that out. You know, if it's, a, if it's an actual physical move, go from this place to this place. Lord, I just thank you that you're providing housing, that we never lack for good godly friends, that you bring fellowship, that you plant us in the body where you want us to be. And those things can just start to come up and out of our spirit because we have a confidence that he's already been there. I just love, um, I have two boys, and so I'm fascinated by the sibling relationship because I'm an only child, and don't feel sad for me, (laughs) but I love that relationship, and one thing that I always, I always wanted to have a sibling, an older sibling, was the school thing. You know, you get your elementary school, then you have to go to middle school, new school, and I was a little envious of my friends that had an older sibling, because they kind of walked with a little more confidence. They're like, oh yeah, I know, I know where that is, I know that room, because my, my brother was there, he told me all about it. And, and I even see that, you know, I've got my older son kind of paves the way a little bit, so you got a little more confidence whenever you're maybe going into high school for the first time, it's not so daunting. And you do, you, you just walk around like, okay, I'm not a total stranger in this endeavor, I know what's going on. And that is where confidence comes, that our Father God has gone ahead of us, that he's already been there. So when we get into our future, and there's always going to be unknown and always going to be roadblocks, instead of coming up against something and panicking and praying, which we can do, and he wants us to do, there's never a time where it's like, no, you missed your window, (laughs) you can't pray, always pray. But we can back up and start to check on the inside. I've prayed about this already. I know what do you want me to do? Where's the wisdom? Let me draw up that counsel. So it gives us confidence. Praying out your future prevents depression, doesn't it? Places an expectancy on the inside. Like, I, I can't wait to walk out what I've prayed out because it's kind of back to that experience that it is, it's kind of doing business with God and it's the business side of God but we're experiencing his presence. He's showing us, I have this for you. We get just a little glimpse or a taste of what's ahead. And so we live with an expectancy. And so that's another great benefit. It strengthens our confidence. It steadies us. And it diffuses fear. So much of the care that we carry is tied up in the future. Needless. Jesus told us, don't borrow it from tomorrow. You don't need it needless care. I think that the enemies really tried to pull one over on us, and it's just trying to keep us back into walking by only what we see and limiting, having a limited life to our understanding. But um, really to go back to what we started with is that plan of God, that God of the universe who lives on the inside of us is so big. He is so awesome and he is so mighty. And so when we get linked up with him, our perspective changes. It needs to change. If you think about your, your pre-Christ self, some of us, that's a long time ago. And I think about that for me and kind of how, how enthusiastic I went in the wrong direction. <laughs> um, we'll say enthusiastic. You know, really went for it. That's how radical we want to be in the right direction. And it is so much better. It's such a lie to think that this, you know, Christianity is boring. We're doing it wrong if we're bored. (laughs) This this crew in here is hardcore. You're at church on a Saturday morning in July. (laughs) You are passionate about what God wants to do in you. And it's not just, we've talked about our own life. But when we get into this, because we're all connected in the plan of God, is a family and a body, we start to pray out things that are future events, that we speak to things. And I was reminded of a prayer group. We had a prayer group for signs and wonders, and we got together, and Pastor Tony was there. We had another awesome, faithful prayer. And we had a night where we got together, same prayer room we were always in, and we started to get a hold of this. We've been doing it for a little while. We had some confidence with one another to pray. And we prayed along the same lines. We stood in that scripture and Acts, Lord, to stretch forth your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done. That was a cornerstone. So pray from the word. And we would just go wherever the Lord would lead us. And we had journals. The prayer coordinator set that up, and it's where I learned to journal. Um, I didn't really thought about doing like that before, but she said, wait, when you're done, just kind of discuss what you prayed and make some notes. And so we were praying for a ministry, and that, that helped them. And so we did that. And one time we got together, and 
the Lord will lead us all kinds of ways. He'll maybe bring up a scripture or give us an impression, but it was kind of, this night was like we were seeing something. And I, it was like smoke, like this billowing smoke. Just a sense in my spirit, not an open vision, but just seeing this. And I thought, well, this is different. This isn't, and there was along with that, this sense of doom and heaviness. It was terrible. And it was unfamiliar because typically it had been kind of a victorious and a, a joyous um, atmosphere whenever we got together to pray. And so I didn't understand it, but I could see that the other lady I was praying with was kind of picking up on the same thing. And so we kept praying and we were speaking things out and saw that it wasn't just smoke. It was like smoke and ash, and it was these billowing clouds. And through it, you could kind of see buildings. And we didn't ever get much more clarity than that, but we just kept praying until we felt like we were done. And I, I walked away thinking, we need to hit that again in prayer when we get together. I don't know what was that, and it was so different. It wasn't anything we came up with, and that's the beauty of not having an agenda sometimes in prayer, coming with a list or going from the headlines, just being open because the Holy Spirit wants us to pray and get things done. He needs people that are open and do that. And so he had that in us. We were available, and so he had us pray this out, even though we didn't understand it. And so we're praying, and we got back together again, and we said, you know, should we pray about that again? And it really wasn't something that he brought up. And so I just kind of left that with the Lord, and we went on and kind of stayed on track with what our assignment was. And so that was about 97. So fast forward to September 2001. I have a three-month-old. We are missionaries landed in Brazil. So I've got that, that stamp in my passport on that day that we probably all remember. And the internet was a little different um, then. <laughs> so it took us a while to get connected. And the, the, the pilot actually had us come out, and he said, I want to tell you there was a tragedy in your country. And I just didn't believe him. He had to keep repeating himself, and they didn't quite have the information right. So they were telling us about the terrorist attacks in New York City, and it was just so unbelievable. And at that time, my mom lived in D.C. and worked one day a week in the Pentagon. So I couldn't get through the phone. We didn't have our phone set up in our apartment yet, just arriving. And so I got to an internet cafe. So there were days that passed and they had the news wrong. They, were, they weren't even really reporting accurately. They said, oh, it's okay. The buildings are still standing. And it took a while to kind of sort through and get some accuracy. So I finally got to this internet cafe and I sat down and I looked it up and I got a little headline and there was a video clip of a newscast that had already aired and they were just replaying it. And when I saw that, I thought, I am seeing something that I have seen before. That is what we prayed about. And I just, it was so clear, and I knew that. Okay, so that event happened. <laughs> that event, our whole world is like, it's a, such a dividing line of what life was like before and what it was like after. It just happened. I, I'm not going to debate of whether it was preventable or why. There's evil in the world, and there are things that are going to happen. But I do know this. I know that masses of people... Well, I will say that I know that everybody was warned, but I know that lots of people heeded that and listened. So many stories I heard of dads that worked out in those towers and their little kids just tugging on him saying, let's go, let's go out for breakfast this morning. Why don't you stay? I know uh, a group of ministers that were there and they were going to have a prayer meeting right by the towers and Shekinah Glory, they're a, a trio, music trio, and one of them said, you know what? I just don't feel like going. <laughs> and it was out of character, and they said, come on, we have a schedule, we have to go, I just don't feel like it, and she just didn't have any other good reason than that, but she said, I don't feel like it, and they're alive today, and I believe God's so faithful to warn, but are we listening, and if we can pray, and if all of us can join together, and, and all the whole body of Christ can join together, and really get in on situations like that, I believe more ears are open, that more hearts will respond to those warnings. There, there may be. We're living in a really interesting time. So there may be more events that we can't necessarily change, but we can pray. We can absolutely pray and have people protected and have damage minimized and have God's best be done. Give people an opportunity to hear the gospel. And so in this, we get over into a place of speaking out. And if you go down in 1 Corinthians 14, um, where am I at? A little further over in that verse, Paul says to pray that you may interpret. And so 
we, as you know, speaking in tongues is a language. And so I know that for me, for a year and a half, I really wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so many people prayed. I was in Tulsa. I was at Oral Roberts University, very passionate about this message. People prayed, 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 and I just, it was not happening. And I just, I wanted to, but I, and it doesn't need to be a struggle. It's so easy, but I really think that my head was in the way. And so for me, I was in a class called the Holy Spirit and You, and I am a student there, and I was writing a paper on the Holy Spirit, 10-page typed paper. And somewhere between page five and six, I remember I took a break, and I sat on my dorm room bed alone. My roommate was out, and it just, I started praying in other tongues. And I thought, yay. <laughs> But I thought, this sounds a little funny, and it does if you can think back to maybe when you first started to do that. But our prayer language can develop over time, just like any language, and it's good to get around. That's why corporate prayer is great, because you get around other believers that are praying, and it sharpens and develops, and you can start to pick up on, I want to interpret that. That's a desire that'll start to come up, and we can pray that we may interpret. So maybe we've got something and we think, Lord, that's something that needs to be revealed to my understanding. Show me that. And he will do that. Again, it is by faith. Everything's by faith. So the same way that we speak by faith, the Holy Spirit doesn't do the speaking. We do the speaking, but he gives us that unction. And that comes from him on the inside. Those are the rivers. And so we can start to, to speak it out by faith. And in our prayer time, that is a really excellent time to practice because you could make a mistake and people won't really notice because they're praying. <laughs> and if you're alone, then nobody's going to know but God. And he's so gentle to say, no, that wasn't quite right, but this, this was good. He's always going to really find that one thing that you're doing right. Say, keep at it with this. This should not be foreign to us. It shouldn't be something that just a select few do. He wants us, pray that you may interpret and so um, we are going to get into praying in just a minute. If you want to come up, I want to sing that song again. And there is a strength for all of us to come together and pray. And just believe that there is an awesome, bright future. He put that whole plan on the inside. And it takes twists and turns that we can't predict. We would never, I mean, if it was me, I would just go, okay, you want me here, A to B, shortest distance, this will be easy, let's do that. But I mean, he'll take you over here, get a little equipping, go over here to maybe get a little empathy and understanding for this group that you're going to minister to over here. And there's just a lot that we, is way beyond our understanding. And even in hindsight, you know, we do this as believers a lot. Well, you know, I think God did this because he must have wanted that. We kind of, to assess it and figure him out. We can never figure him out. We are his creation. He is so mighty and so wonderful and amazing. And we're hooked up with him. It's limitless. So we're just going to focus our eyes on him in worship and then shift over and pray. And pray, just pinpoint your faith on that bright future, that glorious plan. And think about generations, children, grandchildren. I know I had generations back praying for me. I know that. And I am so thankful. And I'm doing the same. Pray out your children's future. Pray for their spouses they don't have yet. There's not really a limit to things that we can touch in prayer. And that's the goodness of God, but we're just led by him in that. And so uh, we're going to sing and then give
that we are bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. We thank you for the value that you've placed, Lord, on mankind, your treasured possession creation. Lord, we come before you grateful. Thank you, Lord, for the honor to participate in your plan to be carriers of your message, of your glory, Lord. We come hungry, hungry to pray out your will, Lord. I thank you for each person here and the purpose on the inside that you've created us with. We step into that now. We tap into that now in prayer. We thank you for the road ahead of us, shining brighter and brighter like the noonday sun as we walk by faith, as we step out and obey, Lord. We thank you for leading and guiding us for your precious Holy Spirit. And we just yield to you now, Lord, to pray out mysteries. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for mysteries revealed today. Thank you, Lord, for desires clarified here in this place for vision to come. Sharpen vision, sharpen focus, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the purpose here of this church, for this community in this time. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We surrender everything to you. We say, have your way in us. Your will be done. Hallelujah. Oh, to be seated again, Lord, to be seated again. Oh, we thank you for your ways, Lord, your high ways. Kando your stoke, your romana, your gorabara, your debeshe, sidi di giana de maya, dodo loro, sede di si, tiro commotion, sede de metesi, gididi ha, dodo, prede de shes, sede de rish, sidi di ando soul. 